1: So Johnny Goudreau uh signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets seven years, nine point seven million dollars. Um is this, Jesse, the most shocking free agent signing in I'd say the last decade. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think I so mean, too. no one no one, the day before a free agency, predicted this. There was not a person on the internet. that was like Gaudreau's going to Columbus. Bank it. If somebody did say that, they got made fun of gratuitously. Now
1: it was like the only, the only indication, the only indication that this was happening was I remember it was like I don't know something like three p.m. yesterday. Recording this on Thursday. Um, Wednesday was when the free agent, uh, market opened at noon. And I remember Aaron Port's line. your colleagues was just like, you know, the, the blue jackets are like, they're lurking. They're not, but even included, like they don't, they don't perceive themselves as a real destination, but like they're lurking. And yet, yeah. you know, like 7 PM or 6 PM Johnny Goudreau, like they, they just got like, you know, one of the best offensive players in the league. And this is a, this is a Blue Jackets team that, I mean, not only have they, have they struggled to like, you know, not only really have they struggled to like develop talent lately, like think about who the last like homegrown Columbus, Nash, exactly. Like who, who the last like homegrown Columbus Blue Jackets star was, it was probably like Rick Nash, um, or like maybe Voracek, like he was on Columbus before, like, yeah, so maybe, um. So not only have they have they had a, had difficulty developing talent but keeping it too. I mean they had that summer where they they you know they went all into the trade deadline, you know they already had Panarin and Bobrovsky, but then they went out and they got Duchesne and all these guys and they all left. Yeah. And then you know like like if you think about pretty much every like big ticket free agent has Has left even like Rick Nash, you know, a year with like a year left on his deal left, you know, like like Columbus is usually a place you leave it's a flyover state, and it's usually a place that you leave and Johnny Goudreau one of the best, I would say like he's arguably the best like, like unrestricted free agent to hit the market like to hit free agency. I would say also in the last decade, like like how many other guys are hitting free agency after a 115 point season, 40 goals, like 70 something assists. Like how many times do you see this? And any signs in Columbus? Yeah. Out of nowhere. It's it's absolutely insane.
0: Uh, You know, having like been to Columbus and seeing what that building is like in the playoffs, the aforementioned team that you brought up with Dushane, Bobrovsky, etc. cetera almost eliminated the penguins in the playoffs uh, that run Uh, that building was a nuisance cannon aside, that building was a tough place to go. So that's a good town for hockey. When it fills up. Um, I think the problem is in this sport, Mike, and we'll get more into Johnny Gautreaux in a second, but in this sport, there is a yin and a yang, Mm -hmm. you know, for every goal scoring streak you go on, there's a drought, right? For every Johnny Gaudreau, there's a four-year contract to Erica Branson uh, for $2 million less than Chris Letang is making. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Back to Gaudreau.
1: No, like, (laughs) I'm glad you brought that up because earlier in the day, I would say, like, I would say the Blue Jackets signed the best and worst contract of free agency, which is something that very rarely you ever see. They got... Like I said, one of the mo- like the best offensive players, an elite player at this point, um, on the on the free agent market for under ten million dollars too, which is pretty remarkable. Like like if you look at Panarin, and he's a winger and he got you know like he 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 got almost eleven million dollars. You got Johnny Goudreau coming off who has scored more points last season than in a than than Panarin ever has in a single season. He got him for nine point seven, um, and then you also signed Eric Goodbranson. Like a like a quintessential like bottom pair defenseman a guy who was on waivers and, and you know and has bounced around the league and stuff and yes he found a good he found a good fit in calgary in a very specific system that harnesses powers and you sign him to a four-year deal he's all he's he's approaching 30 a four-year deal worth four million dollars per year you signed the best and
0: worst free agent contracts of free agency yeah probably um you know, like I said, you got to keep things in check. Knowing what we know now, what happened in Calgary? I, I, okay. I just think that he didn't want to play there anymore.
1: Like, I just yeah. think that he had, I, I I, honestly think, and you know what? Like, you know, I'm like, you're, you're an American. I'm Canadian. I'm Canadian. We're, you're in America right now. I'm in Canada right now. You know, we grew up, we grew up in our respective places, all that. My sources are verifying that is true. Yes. I can confirm. Um. Look, it, and this is mentioned a lot in the NBA too, just because Toronto is the only, the only Canadian NBA team. Um, but Canada's not America, you know. Like Johnny is American; he grew up, you know, and in, in Jersey, you know, like around, like he was hanging out with Tony Soprano when he was a kid and stuff like that. Bruce Springsteen, yeah, Bruce Springsteen, the boss, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, and look, Canada is. I, I love Canada. Canada's great, but if, but as someone who like grew up in the states, like there's just little things about Canada that are different. You know, we don't have as good, we don't have as many chip flavors as you guys do. You guys have all these chip flavors. It's awesome. You know, like, (laughs) like, like food is a big thing. You don't like, there's just, you know, you have to, I'm not, it's probably different in in Alberta because it goes from province to province, but like in, in, in at least Ontario, you know, our, all our beer and alcohol sales are, you know, controlled by the governments. We have to go to a specific government store to buy, alcohol you have to go to the lcbo we can't just pick it up at a convenience store or anything like it's there's these certain little things and i think he said he wanted to play closer to the east coast um he said he wanted to uh, like he was an open secret he wanted to go home but when the flyers and we're going to get into them um when the flyers just decided that like when chuck fletcher decided that he just didn't want to do his job that day um and and took the flyers out on him and then, given the state of the Devils franchise, uh, um, which we'll get into as well, Columbus had the most money. They were, I think, they were the closest, and they. I mean, it's just like sometimes you need a fresh start. And if you think about it, like Johnny Goudreau has taken a lot of crap in in, in Calgary, some deservedly and some not. But like, like that's a market that has that you know whose relation relationship with him has fluctuated like crazy you know they've been hot on him they've been cold on him you know he's 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 been a you know a quasi heart trophy candidate to he's a bum who can't perform in the playoffs to you know like he's been included in trade rumors for the last like three years you know like I, I think he just wanted a fresh start but columbus of all teams is insane and it's and it's a damning indictment on the philadelphia flyers that, that johnny goudreau is not a philadelphia flyer right now like that is yeah like like he grew up a Flyers fan. You know, they're a team that is, you know, they're 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 a team that could desperately, desperately use him. And yet they 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 couldn't sign him because they had to they just had to re-sign uh Rasmus Rustalinen and they had to sign Tony D'Angelo to like $10 million combined. Like they just had to do that. You know, it's 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 remarkable. Um reports have come in too that the devils offered something well north of 10 million per season and considering that johnny goudreau is like he grew up in jersey grew up in i believe very like he grew up in uh salem new jersey i believe is his hometown um the fact that he turned down more money that was on the table uh by the devils is pretty pretty damning indictment on where they're at too i would say
0: yeah i mean they 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 like they had the one that was like this this stupid deal right like i think at the end of the day it was like well, them in Calgary, Calgary. Yeah, Cal- well, Calgary. Ruled out, the not red aside card. from yeah, we, we talked about yeah. that one. Like they, they they went, you know, with the eighth year, right? Like obviously, um, you know, try to woo them over with that. So, um, can we get to the Flyers for a second? Do you want to start? Absol-
1: oh, I would. It would it would bring me nothing but joy to to talk with the Flyers so, and uh, the worst general manager in the in maybe
0: professional sports right now. <laughs> well, yeah, prof- yeah, that could possibly be it um you know i i think that there's there's a w- the word in philadelphia mike has been aggressive retool right like that that's that's what the phraseology was you know we're not going to rebuild we don't have to do that right um we're going to go out and we're going to make the team that we have better in a way that we can compete for the Stanley cup. Now, if you look at the, the bare bones shell of what Philadelphia has done, like, or what that team looks like today, yeah, what they, what they have, even with Johnny Goudreau, let's say they went out, let's say they made an offer and let's say the offer that he signed with uh, Columbus, Mike, Mm-hmm. Is the deal he signs that deal in Philadelphia, right? Yeah. Do they still have the ability to aggressively retool that team to a Stanley Cup? No. This year? No. No, no not at all. Which brings us to the crux of the thing, right? Is mm-hmm. that you've done nothing but park yourself, and I mean emergency break full on, park yourself directly in shit hell. Like you're in hell. You are yeah. in you are in the of the National Hockey League, right? Your aggressive retool, right? Gives you Tony D'Angelo, who has been kicked off teams, right? You said, Mike, I think in the last show, you had to explain that he wasn't racist. <laughs> you know, that's one of the first questions he asked. Which is
1: interesting because he's been suspended not once, but twice, I believe, documented for dropping slurs at teammates and opponents.
0: Yeah. And then Nick Deslaurier, who oh is really an enforcer, right? That's, that's what he is. Um, that's what essentially you've done to, um, bank your, you know, aggressive retool, right?
1: They remind me so much of the, I, like, I was going
0: to. They, they, bought so- out, like, they bought out. out Oscar Lindblom. We haven't even talked about oh, that yet.
1: Oh, we're gonna talk about how they bought out a, like one of the most inspirational stories in sports. A guy who was diagnosed with a rare form of bone cancer when he was twenty three or twenty four, or in twenty three, overcame it, fought it in the middle of a pandemic to the point where he was able to return for, to you in the in the bubble at the height of COVID, and then and then played out the rest of that and, and still played in a pandemic shortened season came back to play for you after cancer, he beat cancer and you bought him out to sign a guy who has to be asked if he supports insurrections of the U S Capitol at his, at, at at every introduction press conference and, and no, no amount of a hundred thousand dollars to, you know, a charity, you know, is going to cover it. You knew that, that just, that just knows that you knew it was a terrible PR move and you still did it. It was so
0: unnecessary. It's disgusting. So. A lost in all this, I think, is the plan moving forward, right? Because you've aggressively retooled. <laughs> That's done. You can check that one off. Step mm-hmm. one is finished. Now we just got to figure out how we're going to use these players we've agri- acquired in our aggressive retool, right? And he's already got that plan for John Tortorella, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that plan is to take Tony D'Angelo and put him on the top pairing. And deploy him as a top pairing defenseman alongside uh, Ivan Povarov. That's the plan. That is your aggressive retool. Let's not. And, I, and I look, Tony D'Angelo is a decent offense. Is not over more. I would say above average offensive defense. He's a very good offensive defenseman. Right. That's I would all say that. he does. Okay, that's uh, all he per, does. Thank you. And not in a first pairing role. No, that's never really been the case. You have right? to shelter. Thank you. Jacob Slavin may be pretty good. He may be pretty good. I don't know if anybody's heard of him. Pretty good defenseman. I don't want to shit on Povera. but he, yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Let me hear it right here.
1: They were thinking That's, of buying him out, weren't they? Like
0: I, okay, so here we are, right? That what the moment I just feel like Mike, if you think about every NHL team, right? There's that seminal moment in a in a I don't want to say it called generation and a generation of the team where that icon of that generation leaves, right? Yeah. They go away. Matt's Qua-
1: signed oh. with the Vancouver Canucks in 2009. I remember it. The Yager got traded to the Washington capitals. Yeah, there you go.
0: Okay. That is the signal of something. <laughs> it's the signal that you need to turn the car around. Okay. Turn the car around. I don't care how far of a drive you have to get back to get home. You're on that journey now. Right. That's where you're headed. They're, they're still going, man. At some point, Mike, that road runs out and you go right off the goddamn cliff. You drive the car right off the goddamn cliff. They're not far from that. It might happen this year. It could happen this year. And that young goalie they have that was like the beacon, right? They're going to ruin him. They're going to kill him. They're already in the process of it.
1: Look at that team. they're already in the process of killing him. He had to take like a leave of absence from the team just to like rework his fundamentals because he had to just sprawl across the crease. Every like, like <laughs> do, you, do you remember that clip? You know, Connor Sheary had 10 uninterrupted seconds to dangle Connor Hart in the, in front of the net. Yeah. Like last year, like one, like maybe the worst clip of def- of defense ever. Like it's, it's absolutely absurd. Here's the thing. What, here's what I don't get. Or here's not not what i don't get here's i i definitely get it because they remind me so much of the like post uh post like to the, uh, i would say 2004 2005 lockout leafs where they would always just sign these like not big ticket like these i would say these like second liners to first line money or third liners to second line money the the jason blakes the david clarksons the um uh uh, uh the nicholas hagmans the guys like that and they would be just good enough to To win to win too many games to have a good draft pick, but just bad enough, you know, to never be interesting or pleasant to watch, and it it just like this is exactly like this team is exactly your aggressive retool is going to accomplish literally nothing. Make the team worse. It's going to well, it's it's going to destroy the organization because you are because there's one thing there's the the thing about a rebuild is that it comes with like a buy-in from everyone in the organization. Like when you go, okay, we are rebuilding, then everyone goes, okay, we are rebuilding. We know this. We know we're not going to be good for like a year or two or three, whatever. And we're going to retool the entire, or we're going to rebuild the entire organization. We're going to look at young talent. That's what we're going to do. That is our modus operandi from now on. Yeah. Um. And when you're contending, you go, oh man, okay. This, like we are going for it. Everything that we do in our daily lives, you know, every time we go into the office, we check in every, every friggin' piece of, every fax we send every office cup of coffee we make, you know, it's, it's done in, in the, in the pursuit of championship glory. What the flyers are doing is they are essentially dipping their, their dirty little toes, not even in these two ponds. They are ensuring that they, that their organization will never be good enough to make playoff gate revenue and be relevant and interesting. and never, and never bad enough to bottom out, and get this and get a, another high draft pick a guy who could potentially save the team especially in in 2023 when a potentially generational talent in Connor Bedard is coming up oh, yeah. they are they are ensuring that they will always be as mediocre as possible and maybe even just a step be, below mediocre but still not bad enough to warrant really anything so it just and and it all comes down to Chuck Fletcher Chuck Fletcher is the worst general manager in the league. He took over from Jim Benning when Jim Benning was left. He's one of the worst. He's one of the worst general managers in pro sports. He has accomplished nothing as an NHL general manager. He signed two contracts that were 13 years in length that have now that are now viewed at as two of the worst contracts ever signed in pro sports Two that precipitated a lockout. He was so bad that he signed two contracts that threw the NHL into a lockout and And somehow he gets a blank check to work in Philadelphia and in three years has taken a team that was looking pretty promising, you know, that that actually made a little bit of noise in the playoff bubble that had a a, you know a beacon of light in net in, in Carter Hart, who had decent pieces, you know, who had a good leadership core and all that. And he's taken that and turned it into just this bland, terrible, gross, you know, like like and now just like even unlikable team it yeah. is it is and if i was a flyers fan right now hearing this chuck fletcher saying oh we we were never really in on it because it, we, we were never really in on goudreau because it would have required us to move multiple contracts which i didn't think we could do which would have been hard to do he said
0: well well, well and, and that's a great point mike because now you're, you're you're getting into a point now where beggars can't be choosers right you're to I feel like Chuck Fletcher isn't just talking out of both sides of his mouth. He's developed a third side of his mouth in the back of his head. and He's talking out of that one, too, because if you listen to all this, sh- there's this aggressive retool nonsense, which is bogus. Then at the same time, everything you just mentioned is also true. And I'm going to add a third side to this, which is he's going on and on about how great their young players are. And he wants to see the young players fight it out and grab spots so they know how to forge ahead in the future. That sounds like rebuild to me. <laughs> ah. <laughs> if know any better. I would say so you want to do all three basically is what you want to do. You want to you you, you want to aggressively retool. Uh I, I just it, it it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense on paper, logistically, out loud. I don't care how you want to slice it. Uh it's nonsensical. And again, like the point the, 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 we're to the if you hit the brakes now, Mike, on my analogy about driving off the cliff, mm-hmm. you can't stop the car. No. It's too late, dude. It's way too late for this. You should have done this. If you wanted to blow it up, you wanted to turn the car around, you should have done it in 2019, 2020. Well, something I'm, like that. I yeah. What I'm worried about is that it won't
1: even fall off a cliff. It'll just keep driving at this like terrible gross. It'll keep it'll keep driving like a grandma with like its blinker on in the left lane at thir- at like 30 kilometers an hour, you know, on the highway and, and just accomplishing nothing. Like how
0: long are they going to let this keep going? My beggars can't be choosers comments goes back to that trading mm-hmm. a van reemsteke for instance, right? Well, you're hung up on needing a first round pick for him. But, but if you're not rebuilding, who gives a, if you need to clear the cap space to get Johnny Gaudreau, you can't live with a second rounder for Van Reem's like, Dude,
1: they traded a second, third, and fourth for the negotiating
0: rights to Tony D'Angelo. Bingo. Like a week ago. I was there. Sir, <laughs> I don't get, I don't get that's the hill you're gonna die on. If you you aggressively want to move space, you're gonna die on it already. You're gonna need to eat some shit, right? I mean, I think that's the way it goes. I think everybody has to accept that right everybody has it vegas hasn't
1: no we'll, they get, into we're, in we'll get into that too. we'll get into a
0: in minute um hey before we move on i don't want to stay in the metro uh just for a second and we're we'll not talk- going because
1: i have a i have an analogy i wanted to make on on goudreau in that i so it a very personal analogy too in the oh in, well, okay in, i was gonna say so in 2020 it, at the start of the pandemic i got out of a six-year relationship and it was a very interesting time and i and when when I was going back into the dating world, I thought, okay, I am not looking for a long-term thing. I'm just looking to date around, meet new people, have some fun, whatever. What Chuck Fletcher is doing is, oh Jesus, okay, is is he is hopping into the dating pool right now and he is going and he is matching people and going. I'm looking for a six-year relationship. I want to get married. Yeah. I want to have a have a six-year relationship, and I also Let's merge want our to families. Have, and I also want to have a one-night stand. You know, he is like he he is he is doing pretty much he's he going in there and basically winging it based on the based on the person based on the player that comes through. Basically, he's going, all right, we got this guy. Yeah, I, re- I really want to compete next year. Oh, we traded this dude for a bunch of picks. Yeah, we're going to really I think it's going to really help our prospect, uh you know, thing we're, we're retooling. Oh, you know, like, it you know, you need you need a like you need a giant sweeter you need a second round pick just to just to get van reenstegg off my hands not what are you talking about man we're rebuilding this is this is great like he he can pick a lane
0: choose <laughs> yeah, what you exactly. want to do yeah. if i was a flyer say my head be spinning i'd be i'd be absolutely like i'd have no idea which direction was up
1: well it's not even like my head be spinning i would be like getting my pitchfork and 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 torch and heading down you know, climbing up the Rocky steps or however you get to the arena in, in, in Philly and, and ready to riot. Like it, like he has taken this team that had a glimmer of hope that was looking like it was on an upswing and just
0: put it into the sewer. As they would say in Delco down here in Pennsylvania, Mikey, my guys absolutely chalk. Okay. <laughs> get on the wah-wah. Okay. <laughs> get on the wah It's absolutely crazy. Now they were Chuck Fletcher are, are Pittsburgh people real. That's Delco is in Philly, by the way. Oh, that's a Philly, Philly. That is a okay. classic Philly accent. You may say it sounds a lot like Ian. it's not. There's it's a not a yinzer. S- no, it's there's a subtle difference, but
1: it's mm. close. Okay. Well, yeah. getting Mal- Speaking of Yenzers. Yeah, I was going to Mal- say. Well, hold on. Yeah. Before we get into this, let's, oh, okay. Let's, okay. Let's,
0: let's do it the right way. Let's do it. Uh, Sidney Crosby has a phone, Mike. He ain't afraid to use it. God, that's what good for you know, him. You know, you you, you juxtapose, uh juxtapose uh, Sidney Crosby at Nathan McKinnon's Cup Bash. Okay. He's wearing mm-hmm. sandals with jeans, right? Collared shirt. Got his dad up like a phone filming his kid at a dance recital. Well, He's The, the kid toes ins- away
1: for free. You
0: can't do that. That's rule number one. Last slicker out of the cup, right? Yeah. There's there's Sid just smiling on his face, shedding a tear. You know, that's not what happened this week, though. We didn't get that dad Crosby this week, Mike. We got the I'm picking up the phone. We're gonna make this deal happen, Crosby, because we we talked. Last show we recorded a couple days ago, we said Malkin's going to free agency. The whole city of Pittsburgh is an uproarious fervor, right? Everybody's ready to jump off a cliff. Papa Sid picks up the phone the day after we record. We don't know the contents of the conversation, but, you you know, he flexed that muscle, which he rarely does. Rarely. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes he does. Well, that's not true. He does it with line mates all the time.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, but I mean, in terms of
0: like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. General managing. muscle. He pulled a LeBron. Yeah. Hosa would probably be the last time you'd have to go all the way back to that to be like, that's the guy he really wanted back. And like, you know, well, Kunitz it's too, but the point is it's not common, but it happened here. And I think we talked about it on the show. Look at some of these deals for Vince Trocek. Look at some of this, these contracts that got signed and tell me if getting Malkin's the worst option on the deal that he got. Not at all. No no way shape. Are you kidding me? Nobody cares about the fourth year, right? Uh, You know, it's over with the bands back together. The penguins are riding this thing out until the wheels fall off. Good. Uh, the, the, the gas tank explodes and you, you know, uh, we're all going to hold hands and go out together. And that's the way I, that's your kumbaya, right? That's the way you got to do it. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, you just mentioned
1: what you just mentioned was a coherent organizational plan that everyone seems bothered. <laughs> yeah, whether it was good or bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, right we, or wrong. We don't even like, need to to go into context of that. What you mentioned was a plan that everyone in the Pittsburgh penguins organization has and has like is,
0: is sort of has
1: consented to and bought into. Yeah. There is nothing like that that exists in Philly right now.
0: I mean, at the end of the day, they brought back Chris Letang, Brian Rustin, Evgeny Malkin for less money than they made last year. And, uh you know, Hexstall's taken some heat. uh I think that there's still, uh you know, he signed, uh you know, another defenseman uh, in addition to keeping Malkin. And now there's like nine of them total and nine yeah. NHL defensemen on the roster. Um you know, I think that, they fancied themselves as players in some of the bigger moves. Should they have been able to set to shed cap, obviously wasn't the case. But now you've got young players like John Marino, Marcus Pedersen, Brian Dumoulin, who's won you know won a couple cups uh, that are out there is you know potential. I think trade options, and I don't think Ron Hextall done. So I don't think you grade the Penguins' window yet here as far as the free agent pyramid. It's great that you know Malkin's back and he's very happy about that. Uh, but I still think, you know, what he does next will ultimately, you know, finish the letter grade. Um, this team, uh, you know, I don't think is quite yet done.
1: No, absolutely. It's it, it, I, I just like the, that they're like, this is our plan. We're sticking yeah. to it. And and it just it would have made absolutely no sense if if that fourth year after the after the money that they were handing out, specifically to poo-pooing. Ricard Raquel, yep. like was going to be the hold up. And look. Sidney Crosby, he, he seems like he knows when to pick his spots. And if there was ever a spot to pick, it's Evgeny Malkin. Yeah, like he's sure. The, it's the guy he spent like all, but I think wasn't it only one year of his career with like it's it's one Malkin Mal-
0: Mal- came, came in in the second year, didn't he? Yep. Uh, so I know a lot of people listen to this show and aren't from Pittsburgh. Don't follow the Penguins uh, closely. Go to their official Twitter feed. Mm -hmm. And look at the video that they released uh, when Malkin re-signed. And I want you to watch it and tell me that it was not a goodbye video. That it was not the video that they planned to release thanking him for all that he had done. The music is awfully depressing for something you should be celebrating. It's all this. It's like it's what you would see on the Jumbotron when a guy comes back. Right. First night in town after being traded to his new team. That is what they put up. And then at the end, as the video is ending, with no fade in or out, with no fancy editing, the graphic that they tweeted when he re-signed just pops up on the screen. <laughs> they No, they 100%, <laughs> it's like 100% pivoted. pivoted. Yeah, it's, just,
1: it's really funny to see that. It reminds me, because I, I went to, to University of Political Science, and I, in, in second year, I was taking, uh, you know, like, intro to U.S. Uh, uh, poli-sci, and, or like United States policies and uh, political politics and policies and it was 2016 so it was the year of the 2016 election um and i had a lecture the day after uh the the like election night and i remember my uh, uh like my professor going in setting up shop and doing an entire lecture um about how trump won but the background of his uh, of of every slide was pictures of hillary because he clearly had prepared for Hillary Clinton to be the president of the United States after that night. And it was just a complete, like he had to pivot at the last second. Like, uh, you like know, like, the- at, like three in the morning. <laughs> that reminds that's exactly what that was like, except this one is a happy ending. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Uh, it's like the, the
0: penguins, one. uh, when the penguins stole Jerome McGinley from the Bruins yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the night. The thing um, that 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 the final
1: nail in Aaron Ward's uh inside of <laughs> um I will never forget
0: I that. that. I, I forgot about it. So, so good. So
1: good for good for Malcolm. He's back. There's a man. There's a bunch, bunch of big deals here. You know, the avalanche resign uh, Manson to a four-year deal. I don't know how the hell they're going to pay uh, Nathan McKinnon next year, but neither
0: do I, but you want to talk about uh, people who you don't know how they're going to pay. Uh, let's go to Tampa. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So Tampa decided to resign like everybody. They did lose Andre plot and we're going to get into that contract. Um, but listen, those are all great players. They all played very key parts And uh, they re-signed Sorelli, uh, Cernak, Cernak,
0: and, and Sergachev. They all played. Cernak, very- Mike was the one that I though felt like they got a little carried away. Well, yes, I mean, yes. actually I mean, there was a lot of them. The circuit. Sergeyev-
1: <laughs> I don't know, man, like just Sergachev's really good. Like he played a very key part for them. Like, like Cernak is more, I'd say like Cernak, you could possibly even replace, you know, like you could fi- like internally, you could find a way. Um, um to get someone like that, I don't know why you had to lock him down in particular. um And it's accurate.
0: that's, yeah, I was going to ask you that exact question. Like, what was it about Eric Cernak that nothing really stood out to me that much
1: about him yeah. in in the cup final? um If anything, I would have thought, let Cernak go and re sign Pilat. I mean, that's what I was thinking. They love Pilat in Tampa. John Cooper has only coached Pilat. It like, like Pilat has only been coached by John Cooper in North America. You know basically at the time that John Cooper went from uh Syracuse, I believe it was, up to uh, uh, up, up to Tampa, that's when Andre Pilat also went up to he he like got emotional like talking about him uh you know many times um and I'm just surprised like I like I honestly am pretty shocked that like at this like like Andre Pallott is not a Tampa Bay Lightning because just he seems so synonymous the organization they love him so much like that tribute video they're gonna give him is gonna be insane and five minutes long i would have thought like a guy like kucherov or samkos would have pulled a Crosby in that sense and being like no we're bringing back andre like if we have to let eric cernat go like fine but we're bringing back andre plot uh but now he's getting overpaid in jersey you know like it's funny because jersey they, they they swung and missed on uh on goudreau and they just turned around and overpaid a complimentary player um that it is just not going to
0: turn out well. Yeah, and they'll miss a little bit on Strelly in the um, short term. I think Joe Smith was reporting that he's going to be out like six months, May not even be ready for the start of the – well, won't be actually ready for the start of the year. That makes sense. He was yeah. playing through some pretty heinous stuff. You know what? Sergeyev is a guy, to your point, I'm, and I'm rethinking now. I would pay $8.5 eight million dollars for that puck movement. I would. I would. I mean, that's a lot right it's, a, it's eight years is a long time too right it's a long time but dude,
1: he's like he's only 23 yeah like he is so young eight years is fine for a guy who'll be like 31 32 by the time that contract's up
0: we're that, signing no- we're signing contracts that are so long mike as normal now as like a normal thing that like in five years there won't be anybody up for a free agency at all everybody will be under contract for like another five years at that point
1: yeah but then there's but then then there's gonna be a there's going to be a particular free agent class in the coming years. That's just going to freaking blow everyone out of the water. Everybody, everybody, the whole league. It's yeah. going to be nuts, but it's to yeah, and, and then you also have to count on, you know, like good players coming into the league all the time and, and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's yeah. not, not the worst thing in the world, but like, yeah. So Andre Pilat, I mean, look, he's a very good player, but his best, he is a look, he's propped up by those around him. Um, And he's, he's a complimentary piece and they paid him $6 million a year or five years uh the new jersey devils
0: that's not complimentary piece money that is i, I agree with you 100 on that yeah no i 100 agree with you um can we move on because I have, I have a question specifically for you. go for it this is uh, mike this is mike this is your time to shine on the show oh wow um we make fun of the oilers a lot <laughs> oh we sure do <laughs> it's like that's kind of like what this show is about now you i think are probably one of the world's most uh uh, renowned Jack Campbell experts mm-hmm. have the Oilers fixed their issue. No. Okay. So he's, you didn't even think about that. You didn't even take a second. No. They gave him like what, like a, uh, a very, uh, what Thatcher Demko esque contract. Listen, listen, Jack Campbell was a phenomenal goalie in
1: Toronto. He, he did nothing but produce since he came, since he came in, he is an incredible person. He is an incredible person to deal with on the ice, off the ice, you know, he Was I cannot even describe to you how beloved he was in Toronto, like just the Oshocks personality it seemed very genuine. It would be extremely difficult to carry that charade over like a span of three years. And you also have to remember that when Jack Campbell came, came to the lease, it was during one of the most frustrating seasons in recent memory. It was the 2019-20 season, where this was the Cody CC Tyson Barry year. You know, that team was so freaking unlikable. They were, they were trotting like Frederick Anderson was hurt all the time. They were trotting out Michael Hutchinson and net and it just wasn't going anywhere. It, it was, it was terrible. Morgan Riley was hurt for most of the second year and they trade my guy, Trevor Moore um, for Jack Campbell on my first day at Yahoo sports, by the way, this mm. is my first day. It was minutes before I was doing my first podcast for Yahoo sports and they traded my guy. Uh, my phone went nuclear, but he came in. And he gave them everything they could have hoped for. And he did it for $1.65 million per year. And I don't think they really, they, I don't think they, they, they really ever expected to resign him. They never gave him a contract extension. Uh, they never gave him a contract offer other than um, pretty much other, other than this low ball deal that, that LA Freeman reported. That was like two years, like 3.75 million per. And they were just, it was expected to be like sort of a bridge and it was right before the season other than that, like it was always expected that the Leafs were going to move on. And Jack Campbell, phenomenal goaltender. He's 31. He played half of last year injured, played terribly. And to be fair, he has had extensive injury
0: issues ever since he came to Toronto, too. It's a big reason. Stop right there. It. The backup right now in Edmonton is Stuart Skinner, yeah, going into his first National Hockey League season. Yeah. Continue. Exactly. Um, That's
1: the, and and that is the reason why the Leafs didn't really commit to him because they go, okay, we can commit five times five or whatever to this guy. He's already 31. Um, And we all know that the, the goaltenders perceive like, like they, their, their value begins to plummet after the age of 30 and Campbell will now be at least 35, 36 by the time this deal is over. Um, And, and, and to be fair too with Jack Campbell, like he is, he, he is almost like, He's committed to doing the best for his team to a fault almost. Um, and I'll tell you what I mean by that in that like so he played most of last season while injured. Um, and it really like there was about a two and a half, three month stretch where like the Leafs just didn't have goaltending. Like they like their goalies were like an eight eighty, and Campbell was playing consistently through that. And then he went down and, and barely made it back in time for uh for the playoffs. Um And that is with a Leafs medical staff that is extremely cautious with his players um, and that kept a really, really close eye on Campbell um, and and basically monitored him like all the time. Like I arrived early to every morning skate. I saw him working. I saw, you know, the trackers that they were putting on him. I saw, saw, you know, the fact that they had two trainers watching his every move all the time. This is an Oilers uh, medical staff that allowed Oscar... Clef bomb to play with like a torn shoulder for two years to the point where he he's probably going to never play again,
0: you yeah. know?
1: And yeah. I just like, I would be extremely wary of, of, you know, how they handle a guy who, who as important to their success as Campbell, but also as fragile as Campbell. But then again, to be fair, and I will give the Oilers this like Campbell will probably be very good for them this, this upcoming season. I mean, like he is, like again, he's a very talented, good goaltender. When he gets hot, when he's feeling himself, he's one of the best in the league. He started the first month and a half, two months of the season, um, basically unbeatable. Like he was incredible, and he was a Vesna candidate. He was he was playing amazing, and then he tweaked something, but refused, but pretty much like refused to go out, kept playing through it, and and it just tanked everything for a long time. Um, but like he. <sighs> It just makes me very wary. Now, the on the other hand, for the Oilers to re-sign like Brett Kulak, I think is a fantastic deal. Um, but for them to give multiple years and that much money to a Vander Kane is just mind-bogglingly bad. Like how, like Ken Holland has like I told you that, and the the next like NHL GM to give like a multi-year commitment to a Vander Kane should be subjected to cognitive testing like that like ken holland should be like surveyed to make sure he's okay like how many times are we going to go through this song and dance
0: yeah. the
1: guy is is the most immature you know like like he's 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 just he's the last person you should want to tie your organization to and even when he was on tsn he was bringing up how he asked for a trade every year he was in winnipeg how it's never and if you notice, it's never anyone's fault but Evander Kane's. Never, yeah. not everything has everything has been done to him. He has never done anything, um, and to now to give him five years mm. is just insane. Um, but other than that, I mean, like, look, the Oilers, they did they they were able to keep some of the players they wanted. Um, they went out and they got a goalie who, right now, you know, it makes them a better team. I would take Jack Campbell over Mike Smith. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah.
1: So there, so he's going to be, he's
0: going to be tested Mike, right? Like that. I think that the the way that they, I mean, the way they play just style of play for them, right. What style of play thing, even blue line aside, he's going to be tested. So uh, last season, I mean, it was really just, I mean, I don't need to tell you, but from my perspective, it was just chaotic. Oh yeah. You know, you go from being like a Vezina candidate to, being a guy that you, that you the least are trying to get rid of to you know, you know, being pretty good, I guess the end, right? Like, okay, or whatever, but you, they need more than that, and they just can't that's not going to work, right? They've already been through that, it hasn't worked. Um, this market, you know, wasn't the greatest, and they did. And you know, granted, I think like you know, the what the only thing they could have done better than, than Jack Campbell in this market was to go out and get Darcy Kemper, which you know, um, Washington. Uh, ended up with so and even then i'm very wary
1: we'll get into that too i guess yeah better better time than ever to do that now um yeah they gave gave darcy kemper a lot of money um believe it was what five years 5.5 and he's a 32 year old goaltender he just came off a stanley cup great but a playoffs in which he posted a 902 save percentage and then also had to like i said go to the optometrist twice a day to retrain his eye how to see the pucks that he was trying to stop um i mean look we don't have the medical report so i'm sure the capitals put him through a full physical and got those reports and looked at it and made sure that their goalie can see before they they you know they they gave him 25 million dollars or however much it is total like they made that investment but I mean, I would be super wary about hinging my, my, you know, the final years of Alex Obechkin's career on Darcy on a, on a 32 year old Darcy Kemper with one working eye, you know, like that's, <laughs> that's terrifying.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, like, look, I, like I said, you know, the, the ads really like kind of, you know, immune to goaltending, right? Like I think the bigger, not a bigger, one of the biggest concerns here is like, is again, this has become a theme now, but injury history, right. Yeah. Um, not getting younger, 32 years old. Um, That I think term is a bit of a, a bit much. So the question is like, you know, does that injury history creep up to bite them? But we have to, again, acknowledge the fact that I think in the market, they probably got the best goalie available. Right. I think they did. Um, they did. You know, I think at the end of the day, you know, you, you think about like where they could have landed as far as goalie possibilities are concerned and some of the decisions they've made that have led them to this point. Um, but alas, it's a, you know, it's the fit they needed. It comes at a hefty price with heavy term. Yeah. It comes with a couple question marks and a lot of risk. Um, but I think most people in Washington are probably pleased with the outcome considering some of the alternatives. Absolutely. By the way, by the yeah. way, Nostradamus Stevens. Yeah, Ilya Samsonov. Boom. Yeah, I mentioned that. Yeah, I did, that's did at length discuss and bring it up as a possibility on the last podcast. We sure did. Um, i no, extre- we you you specifically.
1: Okay. Well, I'm extremely happy with that signing. Yeah. Um, I actually I wrote a a bit, very big piece about the Leafs goaltending situation as it is right now because I don't think we. Oh yeah, no, we did. We did cover the Matt Murray trade. It was right before the podcast happened. But getting Samsonov makes, I mean. Like, think about it. He's insurance for you, right? Like it, like there's going to be an open competition to see who's going to be the starter, but um, I'm assuming considering they're paying Matt Murray, almost $5 million a year, like the next two years, he will probably have the edge, but Samsana for 1.8 million. Fantastic. I look back at his K I know KHL numbers are really tricky to, to, you know, to compare, but I think when someone's super young like he was um, and like a guy like Shusterkin was, Uh, they're important and dude his numbers in the KHL is like a borderline teenager they're 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 better than just you know he came over and 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 he actually played pretty well for the capitals in 1920 and then the pandemic year hit you know he wasn't that he he was like you know I think it was a 902 or 904 something around there and then last year he, he was not very good but I mean this is a guy with so much talent, like so much potential. He's one of the highest picked goalies in recent memory. He went 15th overall in 2015. Um he's got incredible pedigree, talent, all this and for under 2 million dollars a year, it's a one-year bet. Like this is like at even just as insurance. Like he's, that's a phenomenal pickup. And and the Leafs, their their development staff is is top-notch. Like they 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 take very good pride in in like Matt Murray in in his press conference was saying like, he's being shocked at just how many people there are that to have reached out to him, like from the least organization, like, not just Mm -hmm. like, I'm so shocked at you know, how many people have reached out to me. He's like, no, I'm shocked at how many people there are to, to potentially reach out to like, it is like, they have so many employees there that are, that can help you. Um, And Simsonov will, will, like, I think that they're, I think that a guy like uh, uh, like Curtis Sanford, their new goalie coach and John Elkin, their their director of goaltending, those, these guys are salivating at the mouth of, of dealing with the talent that a guy like Elias Samsonov has like this could be like Murray, if Murray returns to somewhat of his form that he was in Pittsburgh, that's fantastic. Um, but they've all, but now they've, they've, and I know they're betting on two guys who are, they need to rebound essentially. Like, there's no sure thing, but, They're they're doubling their odds, I guess. Like it's much more likely that one of these guys will hit than than uh, you know if you only had Murray and you're banking on him. And also, these are guys with chips on their shoulder. Yeah, like one one of these guys is a a former first round pick, um, who who just got who didn't get qualified and he's got cut loose. Another guy is a guy who got dumped with a sweetener for future considerations. So and he's this guy's a former two time Stanley Cup winner. Like he like that that's not something he's going to take lightly. I think I think this could this could work out very well, and they're combined for six point four nine million dollars together. I mean, when you really think about that, like that's not bad
0: in terms to pay your goaltenders. That's not bad at all. Um, there were a lot of moments. I'm going to switch teams here real quick. Let's do it. We're running out of time. I'm. There were a lot of moments, Mike. Yeah, for the Detroit Red Wings oh, last boy. year, where Steve Eiserman. They say that if you're about to have a stroke, you smell burnt <laughs> toast. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that's the sign like you got the burnt toast smell coming in your nose. There were a lot of moments where like Steve Eiserman got that like burnt toast smell up deep in his in his nostrils and then got mad about it, this incoming stroke. So it was like angry stroke type situation. <laughs> he looked that mad. Is this a medical condition that you've researched Jesse? It is not. Angry strokes. I like, you know, I I've i've seen it before you know i've been up i've been on that road so he went out and said you know what i'll do i'll just sign three really good players
1: <laughs> and you know what two, well okay i will sign three good players i would sign two i would say i'll sign two really good players and one good player there you go that's fair yeah because i'm not i'm never going to consider ben charat as being really good i'm sorry
0: no um and he also signed my other son Oli Mata. Oh, are you big only want guy i know he played in uh, pittsburgh but no it's you know yeah i mean, the kid in cancer right he has shoulder. i didn't know that oh yeah oh wow yeah you didn't know he had cancer no i did not i did not yeah. know that that's amazing yeah, cancer um he I, it's not amazing know.
1: he had cancer i mean it's amazing he, he overcame cancer
0: yeah no i mean his rookie year uh was like sky's the limit um you know like yeah yeah, it was thyroid. He had thyroid cancer. Oh, jeez, um, that so, really
1: screws with you, man.
0: Yeah, it does. So the fact that he's still playing, right, is like a cool thing. Uh, his landscape in Detroit is is just so drastically changed for him now. I don't think he's potentially going to play with most cedar. Like that's yeah you know, doesn't get much better. Uh, but good for him. But no, back to to, to Yeah, you're. I agree with your assessment. I would I would categorize uh, those players the same way you have thank
1: you yeah no it's it's i i think that look joe uh not joe saki another uh very good former player who is now gm um steve eiserman he like the red wings there were so many points like you said last year where like it was just so dire in detroit like it just seemed like the whole team was like not enjoying what they were doing and andrew kopp and david perron I think are fantastic players who are really going to help the team who are going to insulate their young players. Um, keep in mind, you have a guy like Jacob Vrana, who's going to be fully healthy this year. You know, another year of Lucas Raymond, potentially Philip Zadina might, might actually hit it off at some point, you know, like stuff like that. Um, I think those are, those are fantastic additions. And then listen, I think that the, that the red wings are lurking. or Maybe not lurking. Um, because I don't have any inside information on this, but I think they were a great fit for John Klingberg. I think that would be a great team for him to go to. They have a cast mm-hmm. base to do it. They, uh, uh, they're they a team on the upswing. He would really, really help them, give them an incredible, solid um, um, right shot offensive defenseman um, to offset the right shot. No offense uh, defenseman in Ben Sherroth that they just signed. Um, they, just, they have their goaltender in Billy Huso, who they traded for and then locked in. They have a guy in Nedeljkovic who had a terrible year last year, but has proven that he can be good at the NHL level. He was a Calder nominee, uh, you know, a little over a year ago. I mean, I think that there are, I, I think there's a lot to like in Detroit. Um, it's very exciting. And I was was swinging his dick around, but there is no team that has swung their dick
0: around more than the Ottawa Senators. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the I, I, every year I like to uh, sit back, Mike, and look over the landscape. I like to look upon it mm-hmm. and pick out one contract that I think is going to be potentially responsible for the next lockout. And this year is Josh Norris. You think so? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, that Why was my pick. Yeah, Norris in particular. I, I mean, like, look. Uh, well, it's a lot of money right? it's a lot of money. And it's, I mean, it's a lot of term. I think that that's really at the end of the day, what, what tips the bank. And I made a mistake because I had tweeted out that I thought that, you know, Ottawa had like sneakily been like, you know um, you know, super savvy and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Norris. Here's here, here's what I'll tell you. I think Norris obviously scored last year at a disgusting pace, right? Yeah. 35 goals. Very good. Yeah. 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 But I, I think, you know, also, we have to take in, in mind like what the peripherals are here. Okay. Yeah. Um, you always hear people talk about shooting percentage, you know, shooting percentage, this shooting percentage, that, and then sustainability behind that. Um, mm-hmm. a, a quote I always like to give out from Sidney Crosby that I always remember him saying is was like, look, if I'm not scoring, but I'm drowning in chances, I don't care because yeah. I'll, I'll get out of it. Right. Like I'll figure it out. In Norris's case, you have a guy who shoots the lights out, just can't miss, but doesn't have necessarily the again peripheral important data points around him that might suggest that should that shooting percentage drastically dip, that like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right? that he'll no, be able to compensate. Built your for house it. upon the sand. Yes, in a sense yes. Here, right? So, you know that you would you would kind of get a sense that at the price tag that you signed him to contract length included in that there would maybe some of those peripherals would be there you would have more than just that and don't get me wrong if he goes out keeps scoring 35 goals a year and 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 shoots the lights out and that never changes you look like a genius Mm -hmm. right um but you know this could be a major screw-up if you know you've committed 63 million dollars to a player that you know, it, I'll tell you what it is. You know, Dom LeCision at the Athletic said this best. I saw him say it on Twitter today. It's a bet. It is a bet, and That's this what what is what they're betting. They're yeah. betting. They they
1: look this. The Senators have completely revamped their their forward core. They signed Claude Giroux, three years, I believe, six point two five million. Um, they traded for Alex DeBrincat. Didn't give up a, a roster piece to really do right. it. They gave up draft draft capital. So they just added one of the best scoring wingers especially young scoring winners wingers in the league no hyperbole Um, no hyperbole at all um it's a very it's very likely that he might play with both of those guys next year like like a a norris de Giroud uh line could possibly be there and what they're banking on is that they have locked him in to out to a slightly below market rate before he has his true breakout because he only had 50 55 points last year but now that he's playing Now he's playing with these two scoring wingers. He will likely up his assist total and potentially like that will compensate for maybe his goals going from like 35 to like 25, maybe, Mm -hmm. but they're hoping and they're betting that by locking him in eight years, $7.95 million um, that they have, they they have paid him like a little bit too much now, but you know, but a price that will look somewhat like a bargain in a couple of years when he has had two, three years playing with these two incredible players or the other incredible players that, that uh, um, Ottawa now has in their, in their top six, like the Tim Stutzler or Brady Chuck. Um, yeah. Drake Batherson or Drake Batherson. Yeah. Like they're, yeah, they're betting, they're betting on, Yes, they paid him a little bit too much right now, but they're betting on the fact that he's going to flourish with these pieces they've surrounded him surrounded him with, and whatever he could potentially ask for, you know, but like next year or after his Arb beers are over or whatnot, um, that it will be more than this. And you know what? That's a decent bet, but eight almost eight million dollars for a guy in Josh Norris who has has scored a maximum of fifty five points and scored 35, 35 goals last year on a on a massive shooting heater. That's tough, man. Like, look, look, mm-hmm. it's a bet, and I really like when GMs are like, "Listen, I'm I'm swinging for the fences here. This is what I believe. I yep. will, I will, yep. you know, ride, ride or die, baby. Let's go." Um, but man, it's tough. Like, it, it is. There, there is a a lot of risk here. Let's just put it that
0: way. To to kind of like round this out, Mike. I think there's two teams yes. that uh, needed to have. That they needed to, you know, only one team was going to get Johnny Gaudreau. That's the reality of the situation, right? And there's only one of him available in free agency. So it's not like if you missed, you could go to a second high level forward and go steal him too, right? Uh, but the Devils and the Islanders in particular were two teams that at some point during that day, Mike. Yes. Heavy hitting insiders said it is down to these two, mm-hmm. right? Like New Jersey. And island and islanders are yes. in, they are it. This is it. And they both had the resources. They both made very from what we can tell anyway, right? Extremely competitive, um, perhaps even ridiculous offers at Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> um, and they end up with absolutely nothing. Now we'll get into the devils in a second, because you want to talk about the plot deal, and we can we can that'll well, be nice. I, I think we've already talked about the plot deal. <laughs> yeah, uh the Islanders are the team that are I think are really, really devastated by this. Because now you take a look at that roster with no Barry Trots. Yeah. That's the key here. No magic man to, you know, potentially elevate you, you know, to, to a, a level greater than the sum of your parts. Yuck. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, we also,
1: yeah, there, there's that. But I will say, and this could be like the Lula Morello weirdness too, is like, if you wanted Goudreau, why didn't you? make it why didn't you make a more competitive offer yeah like they had always been stupid with it right well like they like lou Lamorel. it's so weird lou is a weird gm in that like he has this reputation as being like this fierce tough negotiator and yet he'll give like ross johnston four years Mm. or he'll give Nikita Martin a
0: thousand years
1: yes or nikita zaitsev a seven-year uh uh, extension worth 4.5 million dollars after a 36 point rookie rookie season as a 25 year old um where he had where he was only propped up by an insane amount of power play time like like he'll do those things so it's it's so yes he has this 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 reputation as being this you know you know trader lou this hard negotiator the guy you never want to step into an arbitration meeting with um but he has this track record of handing out like literally a contract to to that that was illegal and and had to to basically get 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 ripped up and, and created a big and, and, and essentially got him to surrender draft picks for it um and yet and so where i'm going with this is like he he had this weird he, he picks these weird hills to die on and it seemed like this weird hill was we're only going nine mil that's yeah it. and like if you like if you're devastated by this Okay, cool. So offer them more than nine mil. Why is this your, 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 your sticking point? Do you not know what a bidding war is? Do you not know what a negotiation is? Like if another, like if you have another team that is, that is gearing up for you, that is, that is breathing down your neck for this asset you want, you have to up your bid. You can't just sit back and go, all right, well
0: let's hope he takes our smaller offer. What, what, what are you doing? So you can't be too devastated maybe Johnny Gaudreau didn't want to play in a place where he's not allowed to have autonomy over his own goddamn facial hair. Maybe that, maybe that had something to do with it. That's mattering I don't know.
1: more and more as, as the, the league skews younger. I'm telling you, if someone I'm telling was- you it does.
0: Absolutely. What if Johnny, Gaudreau told tell me when he didn't want to grow a flow and like, which, you know, I can't do. I got what I got. I'm hanging on for dear life over here. <laughs> you want to grow a flow. You lose a tight, that's the old, it's the Garrett Cole New York Yankees uh, thing, you know, get get rid of the beard. But it's a, it's a culture thing is what it is to your point, I, right? I, like I have 100%. long hair right
1: now, Jesse. Um, it's not because I
0: want to grow my hair
1: out. It's because I'm just too lazy to go get a haircut right now. Yeah. That is what a young person is like. Are you telling, if I had, if I had my boss breathing down my neck, doing the Mr. Mr. Burns, you know, cut those sideburns, um, I'd be pissed. I wouldn't want to sign there. So I get it. Yeah. yeah. So, there we are. I think we've I think we've I think we covered all the good stuff. Pretty much all of the all of the massive deals uh, that happened. We have it was almost a billion dollars in total contract valuation yesterday. 55 I'll see signings you
0: in the next lockout. I wrote
1: 31 articles yesterday,
0: Jesse. 31. Um, 31. One away God. from Mike, 32. This thoughts. is unprecedented. You're getting a gritty guy of the week twice oh, wow. this week are you, in one are you week. serious yeah, i've never done this before a I've never two-time done it. winner a two-time winner in one week oh my goodness well i i just don't even know what to say well you tell connor make sure those awards get to you in the mail okay i will yeah. i will tell him i will i will tell Connor. that's why you he edit can connor. hear it right now yeah, exactly. uh, as he's editing car you hear you
1: that I'm speaking to Connor vis-a-vis you fighting, (laughs) but uh, yeah, that's it. What, what a crazy day. Things are still rolling in. I mean, you know, Dylan Strom signed before this, you know, one year
0: 3.5, stuff like that. Um, We'll probably do another one here before the summer rolls out to an end, recapping the last stragglers of uh, free agency at some point in the future. Um, But boy, what a fun time to be a hockey fan yesterday was as close to NBA free agency as NHL free agency has gotten. And that is a good thing. You had the Twitter outage today. So no one could keep track of what was going on yeah, you only know? for a little bit in the morning. Yeah, Couldn't couldn't you no know, signings for anyone. Could you Honestly, imagine if that had happened the day before? Oh, it would have been great. Can you imagine if a draft
1: that was held in Canada um, their second day, which has the most, I would say the most amount of action uh, occurred on a day where Canada's largest w- wireless network that covers essentially like, 55 percent of the entire uh country went down could you imagine if that happened oh wait it did (laughs) oh wait oh wait it happened is it fixed is it by the way it's fixed now but let me tell you the the basically the entire country going dark on the second day of the draft was insane especially because they had to make announcements saying any gm who wants to talk to other GMs or call or whatever, you have to use the hard landline that we have at your, at, at your table. And that's a rotary it. phone. Basically like, like Bill Guerin couldn't even call cam Talbot to like explain the Mark Andre Fleury situation to him because he just like, he couldn't reach him. He was on oh. Rogers. It's a shame. It's crazy. Anyway. Um, yeah. Free agency was, was, was nuts, but in the best way possible, I think, um, I don't know. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty happy with what the Leafs have done. I'm, I think you're pretty happy with this, with the penguins have done too. I mean, no teary farewells, which is always a good thing. Um uh, yeah, nobody cried, right?
0: Yeah, I think at the end of the day. I like at nobody the end of the cried. day, Yeah, yeah.
1: So not not too shabby. So I'll I'll say it, it was a success. Um, yeah, we're gonna take a little bit a little bit of a break, uh like coming up here, just because it's you know, it's summer. We're just taking a break. I have to move uh, um at the end of the month. Oh, so in the next little bit. Found a good place though. Just I can't help you.
0: I'm busy. Something came up. Oh no, that's that's terrible. Can you get your your new kitten to help me? Did you see that? How about it? My wife just sent me a photo. She's holding it outside right now. I have no idea what's going on out it's there. Incredible. So Jesse, yeah. before before we leave, tell the tell <laughs> the kitten story very I, very quickly. Very now quickly. We, I we have know. a porch cat named Scrimp Scrimpers, baby Scrimpers. She she lives on my porch. Doesn't come in the house. Doesn't want to come in the house. Doesn't doesn't care about coming in the house. But eats. Uh, you know, I feed her. We feed her. She has a little shelter out on the porch. You know, a nice little area. She got knocked up. We didn't know she was, you know, you know, up, you know, for it. Uh, and uh, had, she had a litter, and we didn't think any of the babies lived because we didn't see them. We couldn't, you know, she would come and go occasionally, you know, to eat still, and she wasn't staying at our house, but she'd just appear and disappear. Uh, and lo and behold, the other night we these storms roll in. You know, it's cloudy. It's gonna rain, uh, and we can just hear this abrasive screaming outside. And there was guy's goddamn kitten uh, at the base of my porch. Uh, and and uh, my orphan outdoor cat had brought her child to me, and said, uh, "Help me do something with us." So you know, inflation's bad. I've got all these mouths to feed. It's not getting any easier for me. So I'm glad, you know, that's what I'll be doing while you move. Be taking care of these these cats. <laughs> You're a single mom it? who works two jobs. You know, yeah, it loves her crazy. kids. Never
1: stops. Exactly, Reba McIntyre, baby, the voice of our generation. Um, on that on that note, uh, we'll bid you farewell. Please enjoy uh, the next couple. I next couple of weeks we'll we'll coordinate to see when, when we record yeah, next, who knows yeah who knows well maybe we'll be in a fun flirty mood and we'll just be like know, yeah, let's, let's podcast who knows um but till then jesse enjoy enjoy uh fatherhood once again yep um and uh and i will enjoy the tiny little shoe box that i'm now somehow able to afford um and we'll be all good to go all right jesse it was, it's always a pleasure talking to you uh same we'll see you soon peace